If you, if you have your copy of the scripture, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 7. We'll be looking at uh, verses 11 to uh, 28, and we'll uh, get to that reading in, uh, in just a moment. Uh, we'll read in three different parts as we uh, work our way uh, through the remainder of, of chapter 7. Today is an exciting day in the life of a church, Good Friday. And it's not a Good Friday simply because it's uh, a holiday in Australia. And it's not even a, a Good Friday simply because it's the beginning of a, an extra long weekend, although some people obviously are uh, enjoying that, and, and that's fine. Uh, today is a reminder of um, what Jesus so the day that Jesus was crucified and when he died as a payment for your sin and my sin in order to bring us into a relationship with God, a fellowship with God, and to offer us eternal life, although we deserve death. And so we have a lot to celebrate uh, each Good Friday. And so we're glad that you've come to join us for this time of worship and celebrating all that, uh, that Christ has done for us. This is also... Uh, this message is also part of a series that we've been doing through the book of Hebrews, and we're now in Hebrews chapter 7, covering the end of this chapter. Uh, and in the book of Hebrews, we're talking about Christ overall. Uh, he is the one who is victorious. He is the one who is all-powerful, the only one who can bring us into fellowship with God. And we celebrate, as we said, uh, that he's done that through Christ Jesus. And so, last Sunday, uh, you may remember... Was, uh, was Palm Sunday, a time in which we honored and recognized Christ Jesus as our, our true priest and king, uh, the only one who could save us and, and bring to us eternal life, our Savior and Lord. And today we remember how Christ served as that priest and king, offering himself as a sacrifice for the sins of all mankind, bringing to life eternal life any who will put their trust in him. And then Sunday, we come again to celebrate our risen Lord and Savior, that Jesus rose from the grave, rose from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave, and offering to all who trust in Him eternal life. He lives forever and lives with us to lead us and to guide us in God's love until we can be face to face after He comes again for His church. And so this morning, we're beginning to look at um, Hebrews chapter 7, Verses 11 to 28 is part of a series talking about the power and the authority of Christ who is over all. Last week, if you remember, we looked a little bit about, uh, in, in the beginning of chapter 7, about an interesting man named Melchizedek, who was an unusual priest and king. He served in the Old Testament in the time of Abraham. Uh, he was not from the, the normal uh, tribe of the priests, not from uh, the, the tribe of Levi, he didn't follow that bloodline of, of Aaron, who was the first priest. He was seen, though, uh, from the Old Testament Scriptures, he was seen to be greater than the Hebrews' tradition, which was uh, anything in Abraham's line. He was considered to be greater than Abraham. As Abraham, uh, he blessed Abraham, and Abraham gave him a tithe of the plunder from war. He was also seen in the Old Testament to be greater than the Hebrew law. And there was nothing greater to the Hebrew people than their tradition and their law, especially including the priesthood, because there could be no forgiveness of sins without the priest, and there could be no sacrifices without the, the priest, no forgiveness of sins without the sacrifice. So the priests were seen as the utmost importance. But this man, Melchizedek, 
was seen as a priest which is even greater than their priests, uh, those from the line of the tribe of Levi. So he's greater than their law and greater than their tradition. Uh, Melchizedek, there was no known mother or father for him uh, recorded. He was seen as in the Hebrew tradition as being a priest without end and one that points to Christ Jesus. So today we want to look at how Jesus Christ is even greater than Melchizedek and how all that was envisioned in Melchizedek was found in Christ Jesus. He is our greatest representative before God, our perfect sacrifice and our Savior. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11 to 19. Hebrews chapter 7, beginning verse 11, says this, If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not only on the basis, so not on the basis of a regulation to his ancestry, but on the basis of a power of an indestructible life. For it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we may draw near to God. Let me just pray. God, I thank you and I praise you for the precious gift of your word. I pray, Lord, that you guide us through it now. Teach us your ways, Lord, and help us to see the hope, the security, the salvation, the eternal life that we can have through Jesus Christ and none other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as I said, the, the, the system of the priesthood, or the Levitical system, as they were called, was of the utmost importance to the Hebrew people because they thought there, there could be no forgiveness of sins without the sacrifice and there could be no sacrifices without the priest. This is something that their laws had set up to be able to bring them into relationship with God. And yet, there was still a lacking because this priesthood system, the system of sacrifices for the sins, uh, sacrifice of a lamb or uh, a pure calf or lamb, that sacrifice had to be made over and over and over again because the people kept sinning and they had to make more sacrifices and they had to do this over and over again. The system of priests was great, but it was never going to provide eternal life. It was never going to provide eternal salvation. It was only a temporary solution and again had to be repeated over and over and over again. The law set up this Levitical system of priesthood, but even this system in itself was flawed and was imperfect because priests were human beings, and so they themselves uh, were sinful by nature. And so they were, were flawed and imperfect. And so a priest would have to offer sacrifices first for his own sins uh, to try to be pure, and then would offer sacrifices for the sins of the people. And verse 19 here says, when, when Jesus comes on the scene, this old law is done away with because it was weak and is useless. 
or is weak. And, and, and literally translated, it says, the old law is without power. It had no effect. It was purely a ritual. But it wasn't going to do anything to bring people eternally in the fellowship with God. And then Jesus steps on the scene. And a new covenant is here in, in Christ in that He offers Himself as a sacrifice. And it says in verse 18 19 there, hope is here. The old law is done away with and instead hope is here. Because this new priest, this new priest comes to us not because he's in the line and the, the heritage, the ancestry of a line of priests from a certain tribe like the tribe of Levi or like the people of Aaron, like this Hebrew tradition. But it says this man steps on the scene with the power of indestructible life. Isn't that a great phrase? Jesus has the power of an indestructible life because he was crucified. He died on the cross and even death couldn't stop him. He paid the price for our sins and then God rose him from the grave. Victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He is indestructible. He is invincible. He is our great and powerful God. And so this new covenant is a new concept for the, the Hebrew people in that they're used to always having to follow this Levitical system. They always had to go to the priest and confess their sins and then the priest would kind of stop them there and say, okay, I will go and talk to God for you. It's kind of like a, maybe a, a big brother who, uh, you know, maybe a little, a little kid comes up and says, oh, you know what, I did that. I broke that. I, I did the wrong thing. And the big brother says, you know what, I better talk to dad for you. you know? and, and the big brother kind of goes to dad and, and has to talk to him like that. The priests kind of, uh, they were the only ones allowed the high priest into the presence of God, into what was called the Holy of Holies uh, in the tabernacle. It was behind a curtain uh, in the temple. They would walk in and offer sacrifices for themselves on the outside of the Holy of Holies and then they would enter into the Holy of Holies. Once they were purified by that sacrifice, they would go in and they would represent the people and their sins to God and offer sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. But all of a sudden, Jesus pops on the scene, and Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, is written in part to tell the Hebrew people that, hey, that system's gone. That was useless. That was powerless. Those sacrifices had to be offered again and again and again. But Jesus comes on the scene, and all of a sudden, there's hope. All of a sudden, this indestructible life comes on the scene in Jesus Christ, God in flesh, and He's come to give us a new covenant. So continue reading with me in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 20 to 25. It says, this new covenant, in verse 20 it says, was not without an oath. Others came priests, became priests without an oath. But he became priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are priests forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. This covenant, a new commandment or a new testament that was given in Christ Jesus a new way to God, the only way to God forever, was brought to us 
through Christ Jesus. And it says here, and this is significant to the Hebrew people, it says this word was not given without an oath. It says the, the people, the priests, before they became priests because they were in the, the house and, and line of, of Levi. They were from that tribe and they were appointed by the people to be um, the next high priest. But this man, Jesus, was made priest forever by an oath from God. Now, this is significant. And many of you remember uh, phrases maybe when you were growing up that said something like, uh, my, my word is my bond. Uh, and maybe you remember the days in which a handshake is all it took to secure a big business merger or a big deal. Now, for some of you, you don't remember those times. And, and to make a promise or to shake a hand to a commitment means very little or nothing to you. But I, I certainly remember a time in which if you said you're going to do something, you do it. If you make a commitment, you stand firm on that. And, and to shake the hand of someone when you make a promise to them was to people when I was growing up, that was a secure thing. You just knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to be uh, faithful and true. And so this oath is very significant for the, the Hebrew people because it, it simply meant this is a firm commitment. It's, it's etched in stone that God has provided this through Jesus Christ because God said himself, I will not change my mind. I've made him a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. He's someone different. He's someone raised uh, above and beyond all, someone who is more powerful than all, someone ordained by God himself to bring to us eternal life, to bring us into fellowship with God. And Jesus himself is the guarantor of that covenant. He is the one who puts his very life on the line for us, to secure for us eternal life. And because Jesus is eternal, he saves completely. Isn't that a beautiful phrase in the verses there? Because Jesus lives forever, because he is an eternal God, he can save completely. In that, the, the priests were just human, and so they, they lived for a while and then they died. And then another priest had to come and offer sacrifices for the people. And the the, the job just kind of kept going and kept going. The system kept going and kept going. They had to offer these sacrifices again and again and again. But Jesus is all-powerful. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is God himself, and he saves completely, once and for all. All it takes is that one sacrifice of Jesus. All it takes is him, God in flesh, saying, I will die for them. I will pay the price for them. And it's covered. It's done. It's eternally secure. And then he, because he lives forever, he's forever interceding for us to God. He's forever going to God in our favor and bringing our sins before God, forgiving our sins, cleansing us from all of our unrighteousness. Our covenant, new covenant came in Christ, but a new covenant was also secure in Christ Jesus. He himself offers his life as a payment for our sins so that we can have fellowship with God. And he continues this in his last verses, verses 26 to 28, by saying this, Such a high priest as this truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, 
first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their wickedness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. Now this is a great passage. This is a great passage. It says, look, those former priests were fallen. They were sinful people. And like I said, they had to go into what was called kind of the, the holies and, and offer sacrifices for themselves before God so that God would cleanse them of sin. And then they could go into the holy of holies, which is into God's presence, and offer sacrifices for the sins of, of the Hebrew people. But they had to do this over and over again because they were fallen people. And every time they offered the sacrifice, they had to do it first for themselves, then uh, on behalf of others. But it says, don't worry about those priests, those fallen priests, because, because Christ has paid for all their sin. He died once and for all and paid the price for all of those priests and for all people, once for all. All are covered who will put their trust in Him. When He Himself, God in flesh, became the sacrifice. He no longer was a priest offering a lamb or uh, a bull. God offers Himself through Jesus Christ. The only one who is pure, who is righteous, who is holy, set apart for this purpose of offering himself for our sins. He paid the price so any who trust in him can have life, eternal life in him. Jesus became that sacrifice that paid the price for all mankind. No matter who we are, no matter how far gone by society's standards, there is grace and there is mercy through Jesus Christ. He has paid the price for whatever that sin is and for whatever sin there will be. That is paid for once and for all through Jesus Christ. God himself, pure, spotless, sinless, offered his own life in the, cro in the cross through Jesus Christ. He offered him, God offered himself on the cross to pay the price for us. He's a perfect priest, the perfect king, the perfect sacrifice. Jesus completes the mission, so to speak. He represents our sins completely to God. He offers himself as a sacrifice for God. And he dies in our place to pay the price for our sin. He is our greatest sacrifice. And he allowed us to have access directly to God, to have a relationship with God. Matthew chapter 27, verse 51 says, At the very moment that Jesus was crucified, at the very moment of his death on the cross, the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. Now what is that talking about? It's talking about that holy of holies that only the high priest had access into to, to be in the very presence of God, to represent the people before God. No, no longer. No longer was that needed. No longer was that Levitical system of priesthood needed. No longer did people have to go to the, the priest and confess their sins and the priest went to God and confessed the sins. Because Jesus Christ was uh, that new covenant of grace and mercy because God was, is our, sorry, Jesus is, is our hope in, in Him. He paid the price once and for all so that in His death on the cross that sin is paid for. And we have direct access into God. We can have a relationship with the creator of the universe. The book of Romans 
Many of you may be familiar with um, kind of a walk through uh, the book of Romans that tells the story of what Christ has done for us. And I think it sums up for us why we need to celebrate. What we have to celebrate in, on Good Friday. Because you go, why would you celebrate a death? It's because this death gave to us life, eternal life. It's because this death was a sacrifice, an intentional sacrifice, a, a, a sacrifice ordained by God to bring us into relationship with God. Romans puts it this way. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 says, there is none of us that's righteous, not even one. There is no one who is perfect and sinless except for Christ. Romans 5.12 says, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all mankind. And so we all uh, are destined to die and to be separated from God because of sin. And Romans 6.23 says, Although the wages of that sin is death, the payment that we deserve for death, for sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that beautiful? Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.13 says, Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In Romans 8.38 and 39, the Apostle Paul, they're challenging the church of Rome, and he says, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He paid that price once and for all. The sin is gone. All we have to do is trust in Him. All we have to do is give our lives to Him. Call on His name and we're saved from death. Call in His name and we have life forever. Call on His name and we are allowed a relationship with God Almighty. Once and for all, the payment is done. Once and for all, that sacrifice is done. It is all complete in Him this new covenant, this new way to God, the only way to God for, eternally, for eternal eternity is through Christ Jesus. He has paid it all. And once we accept Christ into our life, once we give our heart to Him, there's no turning back. There's nothing, nothing, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness, not sword. There's nothing that could separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. He has paid for us and we are eternally secure in Him. My prayer for us as a church this morning is that as we go throughout this, um, this Easter weekend, and uh, maybe you've got time with family and friends, I hope that you do. Maybe you've got a lot more time with our, our church family here in the community, and I hope that you do. But I hope that you take some time, just in your own heart, in your own mind, to take a look at what Christ has done for you. To take a look about what, what Easter is really about. The sacrifice that Christ paid on the cross. How He is our perfect King, our Savior, the only one who can bring to us eternal life. And He has, Jesus has brought that to us for any who will trust in Him. And how we have access directly to God, the Creator of the universe. What's the relationship with us? And we can have that for all who put their trust in Jesus. And I pray that you 
you give your life to Jesus. You put your trust in His hands. You call on His name. And you experience that salvation. You experience that hope. You experience that eternal security. It's available for all of us. For any who will put their trust in Him. Christ has paid that price for all of your sins. No matter what they are. And no matter how many times or how far gone you think you are. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. He loves you. And He's here to offer you grace and mercy. He's already paid that price at the cross. All you have to do is accept that gift of eternal life and put your trust in Him. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly God, I just thank You and I praise You for who You are. I thank You, Lord, for all that You've done for us through Christ Jesus and for opportunities to celebrate that as Your church. Lord, be honored and glorified as we seek to give our lives to You and, and put our, our very lives in Your hands. Help us, Lord, to trust You completely to know that none of us are too far gone. No one in our family or our community are too far gone because Your grace is amazing. Your love, unfathomable. Your mercy never ends. Lord, help us. Help us to, to not only put our trust in You, but to share with others in our family, in our community. Lord, help us to live out Your love and grace. To lift You up and to continue to share the hope that we have in you, to continue to share the only way to have eternal life in relationship with you. Help us, Lord, to lift you up and you just draw people in you with your amazing love, your amazing grace. Continue, Lord, to, to heal in our families. Continue to restore in our community. Continue, Lord, to bless and to save as we just put our trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.